It's Zoe Time. Welcome to the Zoe Time Show with Daniel Belts, presented by HoopsAndBrews.com. And holy shit, the Lakers just beat the fuck out of the Atlanta Hawks. i very surprised with how well they played on the road, and let's just keep the train going. It's been about two weeks since I've last been on this podcast. Took a break for the All-Star break. There wasn't really much uh, action in the past uh, week or so, so... Got a lot of interesting things developing around Laker Nation since uh, the deadline and after the All-Star break. Kuzma and Ingram played in the Rising Stars Challenge. They played pretty well. Ingram didn't play that much. Uh, Kuzma played pretty much the entire second half. He was going for the Rising Stars MVP, but um, the world, the team world was so far ahead that it didn't really matter. Got to see it live. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool seeing... The two young Laker kids play at the Staples Center for the Rising Stars Challenge. And also, Lonzo was there as well, but he didn't play. But now, Lonzo is back. Back on the court. Played really well tonight against the Hawks. And he also played uh, pretty well against the Mavericks his first game back. He's on a minutes restriction, but hey, it's always nice to see Lonzo back and out there on the court. Also, he dropped a pretty fucking fire mixtape recently. Born to Ball. It was pretty good. If you haven't done so, go ahead and check that out. Record-wise, the Lakers are doing pretty decent. They are no longer in the bottom 10, so for all you idiots out there that were hoping that the Lakers pick would fall between 2 and 5, I'm talking to you Celtic fans, you're not getting it. Go ahead and hope for some King's Magic next year, but you're not getting it this year. Fuck off. And your core is not as good as ours. Also, it seems that Luke Walton is a... What's it called? Luke Walton's growing up as a coach. He's maturing. He's knowing when to call timeouts. He's getting a better feel for the game. It's it's nice to see. I was a, I was a Luke basher in the beginning of the year because it seemed that he just didn't have the feel for the game, but... As the season's gone on, the players have responded to him. It seems like it just seems like he's doing a lot better, and he deserves a ton of credit for how the Lakers have uh, been playing. Julius Randle continues to impress. KCP went absolutely bananas against the Sacramento Kings. It looked like uh, Clay Thompson out there with some swagger, because Clay, Tam- Clay Thompson lacks a little bit of the swagger, and KCP does have some. Josh Hart continues to basically be the perfect complimentary uh, complimentary piece out there for uh, for this Lakers team. He's he doesn't do anything that's going to harm the chemistry that this team has. He just plays in his role. He stays in his lane and he produces. Kuzma's still fighting through that rookie wall. He had a I think he had ten quick points against the Hawks tonight, but he fizz, fizzled out after that. But it's just it's. He's playing through the rookie wall, and he's playing hard, and he's remaining confident, and he's not sulking on the bench for going through these struggles. He's just being your NBA player that fights through it, and he's going to get out of it, I promise. Let's just hope he does. Now, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow at Zotime Podcast on Twitter and SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. I love interacting with you guys all on the Twitter page. It's fun talking to you guys daily about Lakers basketball, how Ingram's been playing recently, how Randall's been play, playing recently, what our um, 
basically what our ideas and strategies are going forward with this Lakers team and also just kind of I wouldn't say we uh, us Laker fans are tweeting at Paul George every day but we're making it known that we want him we're making it known that we have a better future than the Thunder do because the Thunder do have Westbrook and Melo but we have a better future that's going to set up set him up for success later down the road whereas the Thunder they can have some success now, but they're just not going to get past the Warriors. The Lakers have a core that can get past the Warriors in probably four to five years. Also, go ahead and download the Dash Radio app and follow the Nothing But Net radio station on Tuesday nights, a.k.a. Bruesday nights, from 11 p.m. till 1 a.m. Eastern Time. You will catch the uh, Hoops and Brews show. Go ahead and follow them as well. They will be providing you all NBA content from each team. And from 1 a.m. till 2 a.m. Eastern Time, you will catch the Zo Time show on there. You will hear this again. You will hear, you will just hear Laker, Laker news, Laker talk, Laker everything on that show. Now it's time for the random Laker set of the week. There are currently nine players in the NBA with a 25% usage rate that also has a 60%. Um, True shooting percentage, that's basically a weighted percentage that values threes more than twos, but it's always nice to have a above 60% true shooting percentage. I want to give a shout out to at Laker Film Room for this stat. So those nine players are LeBron James, James Harden, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyrie Irving, the Unibrow, Kevin Durant, Kevin Love, and last but not least, Julius fucking Randall. This is an amazing list to be a part of, and it just basically furthers the point that he needs to stay in L.A. I don't give a fuck what you haters have to say about this stat. You guys might not like it. You guys might want to disprove um, uh, advanced stats, but the fact that Julius is even on this list is impressive. It shows that because if you're getting 25% uh, usage rate, the ball is normally in your hands. That's a quarter of the, basically, that's a quarter of the entire usage rate. And yet he's able to handle that load and also shoot above 60% for the true shooting, which is, it means that he's being effective, efficient. He's putting up points, he's putting up numbers, and he's basically leading us to victories. And now that'll basically get us into this next topic with uh, a topic I'm passionate about. We're going to combine the curious case of Julius Randle, and we're also going to combine it with the first topic, which is Lakers better pay Julius Randle. At the beginning of the year, I was a bit skeptical on giving him whatever he wanted, because I saw the Wizards had to match uh, what I believe the Nets threw out for Otto Porter, and I mean, there are rumors that random teams are going to throw a lot of money at Julius Randle and before the year I was I was a little bit hesitant because I didn't see enough growth in his game the first couple years but man this season he he looks like a just he looks like a different player and we all seem to forget that Julius Randle is only 23 there is a lot of time for him to develop his game to just basically become I would, I would say the thing Julius Randle needs to work on the most is his IQ for when he gets in double teams, when he over dribbles. 
And I mean, he's only 23. He's going to get smarter. He's going to watch more film. He's going to realize when the doubles are coming, when to pass out of it, when to stop dribbling it and just hand it off to Zoe because Zoe is the point guard. If you can't score an easy bucket in transition, Julius, just hand it off. And honestly, this is only his third season of actual NBA game time. Us Laker fans remember him breaking his uh, leg in the very first game that he played, which was horrible. Felt really bad for him, but this really is basically his third season. And then even if you want to break it down even more, I don't even know if Julius Randle has started 82 games yet, which it would be an entire season. So he's doing a lot of this. A lot of his NBA playtime has been off the bench. It's only recently that he's actually been starting a lot more. And the man is putting up numbers. He's contributing contributing heavily to Lakers uh, winning. And he's been very impressive this season. Now this stat will be... Uh, actually, now the stat is updated since... I just go. I went ahead and updated the stat, but the Lakers are now 15 and 12 this season with Julius Randle in the starting lineup. That's a winning record. That's also not a small sample size. That's a 26 game sample size for you to see that Julius Randle does make the correct plays. He does put the ball through the net. He does attack the glass. He plays average to above average defense. He hustles. He plays team basketball. And they're just the Lakers are a better team and just have a brighter future with Julius Randle in the starting lineup. This season he's averaging 14.7 points, which is a career high. He's getting 7.5 boards, which is a little bit low. It's like a board less than last year, but there are reasons to why that is. Um, what's uh, Lonzo and Ingram take away some of the rebounds that uh, Julius Randle will get? And that's expected. They're both two long guards and a forward, so it's expected for his uh, rebounds to be down. He's averaging two and a half assists while shooting an impressive 56% from the field, which is a career high. And he's also having a career high in the PER, or for you people that don't know what the PER is, is the uh, player efficiency rating, and it's of 19.5. Uh, that's impressive because the league average is 15, and he's five ahead of that. So it's just, I think he's our, with Larry Nance off the team, he's our best per player. And it's just, again, watch Laker games. When the Lakers win, it's normally when Julius Randle is doing well, as well as Brandon Ingram and Lonzo. But recently, it's been when Julius does really well, the Lakers will probably win. Now, as I've stated earlier, there are teams that are probably going to throw out an insane amount of money at Julius Randle. And one of those teams happens to be the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Eric Polinka, or not Eric, Eric Polinka, Eric Pincus, he is a capologist. He does a lot of uh, Lakers work as well. He believes that Randle might get a uh, get around $18 million from the Mavs. That's, that's quite a bit of money. That's basically Luol Deng's contract plus... Wait, no, is that Luol Deng's contract? That might be Luol Deng's contract, but that's basically what about Luol Deng makes. And I want us to go ahead and match that if the Mavericks throw out $18 million a year for Randall because, again, I believe Julius Randall needs to be on this team because he provides so much for this Lakers team, and I just want us to match it. I don't want to lose an asset for nothing, and 
if we let Julius Randle walk in free agency, I think that will be a... I think Magic and Plinka will get horrible reviews if they're not able to get Paul George and LeBron and if they let Julius Randle walk because that would be losing an asset for nothing. We could have traded for him for something at the deadline if they knew that we weren't going to re-sign him. But I believe Julius Randle has done enough this season for the front office to be like, you know what, let's believe in this kid. He's proving all of us wrong because it didn't seem like the front office gave him support, but now you can see... You can kind of see Luke Walton rally around him. Uh, Magic Johnson has expressed more support for Randall as well as uh, Polinka. And, I mean, if we're going to go after two free agents, two max free agents like a LeBron or a Paul George, we can figure out all the other cap shit later. Like, basically, the only bad cap we have right now is Luol Deng. And we can figure out whether we want to stretch that or trade that. Because we did get the Cavs pick, so we can probably package a Cavs pick. Maybe an, I would be a, I would be okay packaging the Cavs pick in a future first, just to get rid of Luol Deng if that can guarantee us a high a high chance of getting at least one superstar. Now, maybe the Lakers can work out a deal to where we don't have to pay him eighteen per year. We can figure out something less, and I mean that would be great if he gave us a hometown discount, but if not, I don't care. Just pay the fucking man. His age fits with our Lakers young core and timeline. Again, Julius Randle is only 23. So what I mean by our young core and our timeline, Lonzo's 20, Ingram's 20, Hart's 22, Guzman's 22, 23, Randle's 23. So all these young players are within the ages of 20 to 23. You normally don't hit your prime unless you're a freak athlete like Anthony Davis or Kyrie Irving. You normally don't hit your peak to like 26, 27. So that gives most of this Laker core five to six years to hit their prime. In five to six years, the Warriors won't be doing what they're doing. LeBron probably won't be doing what he's doing. You think about other teams, Chris Paul and James Harden probably won't be doing what they're doing. The teams we have to worry about are the Timberwolves with a young core, the Nuggets with a young core, Celtics, 76ers. You get my drift. We want to compete with other young cores around the NBA, and I believe if we keep Julius Randle, our young core will be the best in five to six years. So, and also in maybe even three years as the Warriors are declining, we can maybe knock them off and just... I don't know. I believe Julius Randle fits everything that we are trying to provide here. We're a fast team. He's a fast player since he lost a lot of that weight. You don't see a lot of other players currently in the NBA with his uh, skill set. On defense, he can switch onto a guard in the pick and roll. So say a guard wants to do a pick and roll with a big to get the switch... That's not always effective for the other guard because Julius Randle can stay in front of you. He has the speed. He has the length to bother you. Unless you're KD, you probably can't get by him because, again, he's quick. He kind of knows how to adjust his body to make it harder for you to drive. He's a big dude, so you can't, like, bully ball him. In the post, he can defend most power forwards and centers with his strength. 
because, like I said, he's a strong dude. So if you're trying to just repeatedly back him down, back him down, back him down, it's probably not going to work. Unless you're Anthony Davis, Kristaps Porzingis, or Joel Embiid, where you have a great shot, some great moves, and you're also athletic as hell. Unless you're one of those rare unicorn-type players, Julius Randle can guard you in the post. It's He's at a disadvantage, obviously, since he's an undersized power forward. He's 6'9". He doesn't have the greatest of wingspan. And it's just... He can play center in a small ball lineup, but hopefully later down the road we're able to add a rim protector so where Julius Randle isn't our last line of defense. And that'll help our entire defensive rating. That'll help just everything going forward. Now, the, the, the word on Julius Randle is sometimes he doesn't try that hard on defense, whether that's him being young and lazy or just other players messing up on a switch or him just being tired from exerting so much effort on offense. I would like to just kind of see him clean up some of the bonehead moves that he does on defense, like overhelping or not helping or just basically just not playing great team defense at all. Now, just like I said, when he's not playing lazy, he's actually played pretty hard on defense. The result might not be there sometimes, like against a Embiid, but the game against the 76ers earlier, Randall tried. He didn't back away from the challenge. He went straight up. He tried. It's just Embiid took him to town, but it wasn't because of Randall just basically giving up. He tried. He got in foul trouble. He tried whatever he could to stop him, and it just wasn't able to do it. So the effort is great. I love seeing. I love. I just love seeing effort from young players and the willingness to try and get better. And maybe you didn't see it in that game, but maybe Randall learned some things or where whenever we match up with the 76ers in a couple of years, he has kind of a blueprint of what Embiid likes to do so he can try to adjust for that in the future. Now, if you're going to... The main thing you will say for keeping Julius Randall is offense, and offensively, we need him more than I think people lead on because he can... He can do so many things on offense to where it's he's almost irreplaceable. So mainly it's with his uh, finishing around the rim abilities because he's shooting an insane 74.5% in the paint, which is pretty damn fantastic. In Julius Randle's last 10 games, he's averaging 19.5 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, and 4.2 assists. So he's shooting the ball well, he's getting buckets, and he's even setting up for his teammates. He's shooting 60% in those games, and he's only getting 31 minutes per game. So, I mean, later in his career, when he's more developed, 27, 28 age range, I will say he's probably at 36 minutes per game. So if we keep the same style of offense and just the same kind of game plan, it's not that hard to believe he might average somewhere along the lines of 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. Hopefully he keeps shooting. I mean, if he was able to shoot 60% later in his career, that'd be great. But I would just like to see it at like 52, 
And hopefully those assists improve as well because he's kicking it out to Alonzo or Ingram for three or Josh Hart or Kyle Kuzma. And just his last 10 game stats are insane. If you put up, if you put those stats up on basically NBA Twitter and said, try and guess who's averaging that, I guarantee you no one's going to guess Randall. They're probably going to guess Blake Griffin. Uh, who else probably puts up those kind of stat lines? Um, like Carl Anthony Towns or someone else like that. They don't like to give Julius Randle that much love, but the proof is there. The stats are there. The numbers are there. They don't lie. He's doing fantastic this season. So his style of play on offense is basically how uh, Zach Randolph plays Zebo. When I was watching the King game, I was like, I was a uh, my younger brother is a Sacramento King fan, so when the Lakers and Kings were playing, I'm like, hey, it's uh, Zach Randolph versus his son today because they just remind me so much of each other. They're kind of a undersized, power forward, left-handed, and they just love to get to the rack and finish. And, I mean, Julius Randle is amazing at finishing around the rim this season. And, like I said, he's shooting 74.5% around the rim. I believe he shot... 63% last year and 54% the year before that. So he's just doing what young players need to do, work on their game and improve their numbers. And like I said, he's a 6'9 dude with some of the smallest like wingspan I've ever seen. He looks like that uh, Meet the Robinsons character that goes, I'm a, I have a big head and little arm like that dinosaur. Kind of a Kind of a wacky comparison right there, but he almost does look like a dinosaur at times. His ability to attack the glass on both sides of the ball is a huge plus. So the best thing about Julius Randle is if he does miss his shot, he has a quick jump after to go get his rebound, and he just has a great nose for the ball. And on defense as well, he fights rebounds, he boxes out, and it's just you like to see players play hard, and that's... Take his stats out of it and just watch the game, and you will see Julius Randle fly around the court. For better or for worse, he's going balls to the wall, and he's trying. Now, on defense, I would like to see him get more defensive rebounds because he gets about two offensive rebounds per game, which means he gets about five to six rebounds on the defensive side of the ball. So I would just like to see him attack the glass a little bit better on the defensive side, but like I mentioned way earlier in this podcast... He loses a lot of those rebounds to Lonzo Ball, who has some of the best instincts and just recognition for where the ball is going to bounce after a missed shot. And then Julius Rand or not Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram has come into his own rebounding the ball as well and using his length to get rebounds. So I don't mind those numbers staying the same as long as Julius Randle's Julius Randle is boxing out because if he's boxing out, he's basically that's a defense that's a rebounding move. So. Honestly, just keep up the good work on the boards, Julius. Now, what I've noticed in Julius Randle's game, which is why I'm so pay the man, pay the man, pay the man, is his willingness and his just ability to pass the ball a lot better. Last season was a struggle for him. Even though his assist totals were higher, it was, I believe, some of his... Some of his games were just unwatchable because he would just put his head down, not look up, and just try to score with himself. He didn't try to pass the ball out at all. He just wanted to play, hey, 
we're a shitty team. I'm going to get my numbers. I'm going to get my stats. Fuck the rest of you guys. I'm going for me. This year, as you can see in the last 10 games, he's averaging four assists. It means he's passing the ball. He doesn't mind giving it up. He's making the smart play. His turnovers are a little worrisome just because I don't like my turnover. I don't like my power forward turning the ball over three times a game. I want to see that toned down, but he had a triple double against the Mavericks. So obviously the passing ability is there. The ability to make reads is there. Just making it more consistently from time to time to time to every game to every game to every game is what I want to see. I can see it in the I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can see Julius Randle averaging more triple doubles. I want to say he has what one this year. He had three last year, and he had one the year before. I wouldn't put it past him to get maybe four triple doubles next year. I just I think that highly of him. And with the improvements of other players around him, his assist number his assist numbers will improve. Offensively, in Julius Randle's prime, this is envisioning five years from now, I think he will be a hybrid of Zebo and Draymond. He just needs to develop the three-point shot that Draymond has. Watching Draymond, I don't have the stats on me, but I don't know if Draymond Green's a... I don't know if he's a good mid-range shooter. I don't know if I've ever seen him take a mid-range. It's either a three or a drive and kick for him. But I just want to see Julius Randle be able to shoot the ball somewhat close to what Draymond can do because then if he's able to do that, then if you have to close out on him from the three-point line, a quick pump fake, and he's he's gone, he's passed, he's either finishing at the rim or he's kicking it out. The only reason why I think Julius Randle can get a three-point shot is his free throw percentage numbers aren't that bad. And last season, he actually showed a willingness to shoot from the 15 to 18 feet range and he was actually able to make I want to say not a great amount but a respectable amount and I know he put in a lot of work over the summer because I don't know who it was that I was following on Instagram but it was just like Julius Randle in the gym shooting every single day so that was like good to see him trying to put in the work it's just I think another summer another two summers of him just repeatedly putting in that work for shooting he'll get there and like I said, it's clear that he wants to work. He worked all offseason last season to get in shape, and I, Julius Randle has the lowest body fat of his career. He's muscular as hell. He's running up and down the court and not getting tired. I don't think I've ever seen Julius Randle this season ask to be taken out. Anytime he does get taken out, he looks pissed as hell. So it's never him getting taken out of the game because he's out of shape or he's winded or he's tired. No, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He keeps going and going and going. So then, like I said with Julius Randle, he corrected his um, his fitness. He is trying to work on correcting his shooting ability. And something that impressed me tremendously was when we played the Kings, even though he had a pretty decent game and we won... He recognized that he went 0-5 from the free throw line against the Kings. And immediately after the game, he went and got free throws up. That's that's amazing to me. That shows a lot about of 
it shows a lot about a uh, shows a lot about a player. He could have been complacent. He could have said, "You know what? We won." Even though my shot wasn't falling tonight, I still did other things. I still contributed in other ways. No, he was pissed that he didn't even make a single free throw. I I believe he said he wouldn't have been able to go to sleep without seeing one of his free throws fall for, or fall through the net. So he went out and shot a, a decent amount of free throws after that game. And it's just, it's cool to see your young 23-year-old acting like a vet. Because we all know Kobe used to go shooting after poor shooting nights you've heard lebron do it you saw kyle lowry do it in the playoffs which was one of the funnier ones because i believe he was like one of 14 one day and then like all you saw was him shooting and then the next game he came out and shot horribly as well so the crack the negative thing about julius randall is he is going to make a boneheaded play every now and then it's just some things you can't fix, and I don't think you can fix some of the boneheaded plays he makes, but you got to take the great with the bad. And obviously, since he's been in the starting lineup, the Lakers are 15-2. and two. So I will take a dumbass missed shot over trying to replace him with someone else. What I mean by that is sometimes Julius Randle just he has it in his mind. He got the rebound. He's going to go down court. doesn't matter if you double or triple team him. He's going up with it. And it's not a it's not a high quality shot, it's a low quality shot. You already know he's gonna miss. You're already putting your head down, you're already shaking at the TV screen that you're gonna watch, but I believe you just gotta live with it and just hope that he continues to do other things well instead of focusing on that horrendous shot that he just forced up. Also, I just believe during the offseason and and future Laker practices, the Lakers have to Basically, just work on him recognizing double teams and just sending double teams to him in practice just so he gets a better feel of it, just so he's more comfortable with it and so he knows what to do within the game and so it just becomes like second nature to him. Now, I'm looking into my crystal ball. In July of the summer of 2018, I believe we will be signing Julius Randle for a long-term deal. I saw someone float out the idea of giving him a one-year deal, kind of like a KCP deal, but I don't know how much Julius would like that because I know he wants long-term security. But, I mean, if we gave him a one-year contract with a higher incentive of money, I think he would sign that. But, no, I want him locked up. I want him... I want to have him be a Laker for his whole life because I see the potential. I see his current value. I just think we can't pass that up. He was a seventh pick in the draft for a reason. He was a lottery pick. You look at what he did at Kentucky. He led them to the was it the championship game or the final four, but he was a main player on that team. And you've seen what he's done with the Lakers this year. And you've seen what he's done in previous years. It's just he is a great player. He's a I almost want to say a last of a dying breed for a bully ball type player because I don't see any other players uh kind of do that you see zach randolph do it and then you just see julius randall i don't see any other power forward play like that a lot of them are the stretch fours that just shoot and that's about it julius randall has a guard's ability to dribble and he can finish around the rim and it's just 
great to see. I also think Julius Randle can play center for small ball lineups if we are able to get a another wing defender because then you can slide Ingram to the power forward position and maybe even slide or maybe you slide Kuzma into the four, Ingram to the three, Randall to the five, and just hope Ingram continues to get better defensively. Hope Kuzma gets better to uh, he gets better on defense as well because it's obvious the Lakers are following the mold of the Warriors, and when the Warriors play small ball, they put Draymond at five. And I've already said I could see Randall becoming a Draymond-like player. Obviously, Randall will never be as good on defense as Draymond, but if he can get to maybe even half the player that uh, Draymond is on defense, he can be a small ball center. I've seen worse players than... Uh, Julius Randle secured the bag recently. Laker fans know this. We saw Mozgov and Dang secure the bag with us. We saw some... I'm not even going to say that Otto Porter is a bad player, but he got an insane amount of money from the Nets slash Wizards. So I've seen... And I also do think that Julius Randle is more talented than Otto Porter. So I've seen less talented players get and secure the bag. So I just want to see... The Lakers make the right decision to sign this man long-term because Julius Randle has what it takes to help this team get to the promised land. And I just can't say enough about the guy. He's never bad-mouthed any of the Lakers coaches, Lakers front office for putting him through hell. He's stated he's always wanted to start. He wasn't happy with the amount of minutes that he was getting, but yet he came to practices, games, head up, and just worked and worked and worked and balled and balled and balled. And just, you can't teach that. That's something that's inside you. And it's just, he plays better with a chip on his shoulder, and that's what he has, and that's what's been working for him. He responded great to not starting this season, because they started Larry Nance over him to begin the season, and... I mean, for an NBA team, Julius Randle obviously does more for an NBA team than Larry Nance. And Julius Randle felt slighted by that, and he responded in a positive way instead of sulking and not working and just basically demanding a trade or just bouncing elsewhere. All right, let's get to topic number two. And hey, I've been holding off on talking about him for a while because he's been hurt. He's not been basically a Laker player since January 15th, but hey, my motherfucking dude, my motherfucking man, Lonzo is back. After missing 15 straight games, and it felt like an eternity since you add the All-Star break to it, you had a whole bunch of other shit, it felt like Lonzo was gone for almost an entire year. I almost forgot what Laker games were like when he played, I almost forgot the hype, and just how every single play that he's involved in is just watched by every single NBA fan hoping he fails. And you know what? He hasn't failed since returning from injury. I mean, tonight alone against the Atlanta Hawks, he... There's so much shit that Lonzo Ball does correct on an actual basketball court. And I mean, for those players that play NBA 2K... If you want to get an A-plus teammate grade, you do all of the shit that Lonzo does on the court, you're going to get that A-plus. Tonight, Lonzo Ball had 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. 
dude was active as hell. He was flying for fucking rebounds. He was passing the ball to an open teammate. He had a couple of passes tonight to where if the... He gave Zubak so many feeds down low and Zubak missed those, but... I mean, you... You just want to see Lonzo putting other players in position to succeed, and he does. What's great is Lonzo Ball was a plus 18 from the floor tonight. And also, he shot 100% from the free throw line. He shot 100% from the floor, and he was 100% from three. He was three for three from the three-point line. Uh, The only other shot he took was a layup, which went in. And he shot two free throws. Hoping that improves it above 50% because I believe he's at 48% right now. I'll go check later what he is at now. This was the, His free throw stat was done before this, but now that he's made two, it might go up to 50 since he's hasn't, he hasn't really taken that many free throws just in his entire NBA career. Now, like I said, Lonzo is back. It feels like Zotime is back. Like Zotime, just me doing this podcast, this show, Lonzo's back and it just gives me an extra sigh of relief it gives me just some extra motivation to just keep grinding through this because i mean he's probably not our best player like our best piece going forward i honestly think uh brennan ingram is our mvp type player i just think lonzo might be the most important player and ingram is the best player and in my opinion the lakers did the right thing by giving him Basically, 40 days off. They told Lonzo, hey, you're, you sprained your MCL. You really can't move. You, you said you can't run and jump. We're going to go through this slowly. No need to rush back. Even though, I mean, we were 0-9 when Lonzo first went out. And that, was, that was bad. So, even though playoffs are a distant, I wouldn't say distant. They are around the corner. It would be hard for us to make it this year. We'd have to go on an insane run. So there's no need to rush it back. Let him let him heal up. Let him take his time with the knee injury because those are always uh those are always scary to just deal with. Cuz I mean, I don't know how many of you guys out there have had knee injuries or have tried to play through pain. I've ran a marathon probably with a sprained MCL and it was the worst thing I've ever done it did more damage to my knee than I thought and I'm still paying the price a year later so I just believe they did the right thing with taking precaution with his knee instead of rushing him back and just fucking up his knee even more so against the Dallas Mavericks, Lonzo's very first game back, there was so much anticipation since it was the first game back from the All-Star break. Lonzo also dropped a mixtape during the All-Star breaks, and everyone was like, well, if you can record a fucking mixtape, you could play basketball. A lot of these idiots didn't realize that this mixtape was produced in the summer, and he just released it now, but that's neither here nor there. I can't help you if you just rush to judgment on a 20-year-old, but Hey, he's back. He played 17 minutes against the Mavs, and he looked great. He Obviously, there was a couple of things he wasn't able to do well. He wasn't able to slide that much on defense, but he had 9 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. If you would have played him 30-plus minutes that game, 
there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't have gotten a triple-double. I mean, he was already halfway there with 9 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. He also shot 3 of 6 from 3. And a lot of other Laker fans have noticed this. Lonzo's shooting so much better because of his... Not his release. His release is still the same. It's still that awkward, across-the-face, sling-it-and-it-goes-in kind of release. But it's just his uh, footwork and his core... He's a lot more centered. He's not jumping as far out. He's jumping up, and it's just... It looks a hell of a lot better. I know the people that just judge his shooting uh, release don't like his shot, but you can see that he's put in work throughout the season to improve that. And it was obvious that one of the things he probably did work on the most during the time off is shooting, and... I mean, he went 3-3 three of three from 3 tonight and 3 of 6 against the Mavericks. So that's 66% in his last two games from 3. He looks a lot more comfortable. He's not even hesitating to shoot. He's just letting that motherfucker fly, and it's going fucking in. And I just... With Lonzo Ball, I think people forgot just how... Take the scoring out of it. Just don't even look at him shooting. I feel like people forgot just how good he actually is. I mean, there is a reason why he went number two. There is a reason why he is compared to Jason Kidd and Magic Johnson. It's not like us Laker fans are just coming up with random shit like if I said Zubox the next Kareem. No fucking way in hell. But with Lonzo, you can see why he has such lofty expectations. He does the right thing. He passes it to the open teammate. He gets that rebound. He gets the ball from the glass and he just the minute he touches that shit, he's trying to fucking fly up the court and get an easy bucket. His head's up. There isn't a pass that he is not willing to make, and for the most part, he can make it. And with his three-point shot dropping, I expect it to open up more of his offensive game. He'll probably start driving a little bit more. He'll probably start driving and pulling up from 15 feet, which is the next evolution of his offensive game. And i excited to see that, to see if he can do that. And like I said, I just feel like people forgot who Lonzo Ball, the basketball player, was. All they heard... If you give Laker hater, Lonzo haters, small ballers out there 41 days of no Lonzo, and all you hear is LeVar talking, and all you see is um, Lonzo on the lip sync battle, which was, again, probably filmed last summer. His mixtape made last summer... You see all these things coming out, and you just see LeVar talking. All you're going to do is talk about LeVar and how Lonzo's not as, quote-unquote, serious about basketball as you want him to, when you really have no reason to believe that he's not serious about basketball. I mean, he did want to play earlier. It's just the Lakers didn't rush him back. And he said he was able to play, but the training staff shut him down. So, I mean, I just feel like a lot of you... Idiots that wanted him traded him that wanted him traded for all the extracurricular bullshit. It's just you look stupid as hell. I mean, it was what Chris Broussard, Stephen A. Smith, Colin Coward. I think even I don't like disrespecting Shannon Sharp because I'm a Bronco fan. He's a Bronco legend. He normally has intelligent takes, but he graded Lonzo. He gave he gave Lonzo a D for the season, and I'm just like. Dude, have you watched the games? Take off the Laker-hating glasses and just see that these this guy can ball. 
And just all you idiots that wanted him traded out there, go find another cloud to yell out because Lonzo is not going to be a bust. And besides the shooting slump that he had to start the season, he's been shooting decent from three. And I just I can't say this enough. You small ballers out there need to realize Lonzo isn't the bust you want him to be. He's going to be a valuable NBA player for years and years and years to come. Just accept it and jump on the bandwagon now instead of hating a all-time... Yes, I'm going to say that Lonzo's going to be an all-time great because I'm probably biased, but learn from my mistake. I probably hated LeBron for too long to ever come around. And I mean, the way Lonzo plays is kind of similar to LeBron, so watching Lonzo made me appreciate LeBron, but don't spend your entire career hating an NBA great just for some bullshit. I hated LeBron for the Kobe and Michael Jordan comparisons. I should have not, and I should have just recognized LeBron's greatness and gave him his props for it instead of bashing him his entire career and calling him left three and five. So again, just learn from my mistakes and just appreciate actual NBA talent. And like I said, just what I want to see from Lonzo finishing the season is try to remain as healthy as you can. Uh, If the knee's acting up, stop, tell the trainer, yada, 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 yada. But if you can play through it, and if it's a dull pain instead of a sharp pain, which is what I was concerned about is because he said that when he came back, he felt some pain in his knee, and I was trying to figure out if it was uh, a sharp or a dull pain because it tells you different things about the knee. You can't continue through sharp pain, and nor should you try. But dull pain sometimes is a lack of strength in other muscles, so that's what I was trying to figure out. Would like to see him just get stronger as well, like just body-wise, so he's able to get used to the NBA grind. And I just want to see him continue that upward trend that he's shown for his uh, game, like his defensive abilities. Like tonight, he was flying around the court on defense. He had three steals, and each time, like, you saw him just anticipate where the ball was going, the defender not seeing it, and Lonzo just poking the ball out from behind. I mean, his the reads he makes on defense is almost like Peyton Manning looking at a defense and saying, hey, where am I going to throw the ball right now? Lonzo Ball knows basically where he needs to be and where other players need to be and just how to stop shit from from the stop them from scoring. I want to see one or two more triple doubles this season because I mean he is the triple B, so we need to see a triple double. He gets he almost flirts with a triple double every single game. Some games are like, oh, okay, he has his points and rebounds tonight but he doesn't have assists. Some nights it's assists and rebounds and not enough points. He he can flirt with a triple-double every single night for the rest of his career. He just has a nose for the ball. And if you have a good nose for the ball like a Westbrook, like the big O had, like LeBron has, like Magic Johnson had, that results in triple-doubles. Also, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt if you have a pretty big body and a pretty nice sleeping ability, which all the people listed above have. So earlier in the season... Lonzo and Kuzma developed a great relationship on the court. With Lonzo out, they obviously continue that uh, great relationship off the court, but Kuzma kind of went through a shooting slump with Lonzo out. And it's, 
I don't think it's entirely because Lonzo went out, but it's just kind of a weird coincidence that it happened. But I just want to see Lonzo help Kuzma get out of his shooting slump, find easier looks for Kuzma to get, and just help him make shots to improve his field goal percentage and his three-point percentage because it has dropped since uh, November. It's kind of weird. Lonzo's percentages have gone up while Kuzma has gone down. But I just want to see Lonzo help his light-skinned brother out because, I mean, the more he helps Kuzma out, the more Lonzo's assist numbers go up. And I just want to see how Lonzo and Ingram can play together as both playmakers going in the final stretch of the season. Because since Lonzo's been out, Ingram's taken over playmaking abilities and point guard responsibilities. And hey, it's it's worked. It's been fan-freaking-tastic. And I just I want to see them coexist together because... Those are our two um, future pieces. Those are our two one and twos. That's our Shaq and Kobe. You guys might fucking flame me for this. This is just what I believe. And this is just what I think. Because I see how Ingram and Lonzo play together. I see two fantastic all-time greats. And I see what Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant should have been. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant should have finished their entire careers together because those are two great players. They just never came around to figuring it out together and said KD had to go to a separate way to get a ring and Westbrook kind of had like to just take over OKC and try to keep him afloat. I think I think uh I think Ingram and Lonzo can figure that out, how to play together and succeed, not only as a team, but individually. And I see them I see them making the playoffs in the purple and gold for a very, very, very long time. So this next point with Lonzo is I'm very skeptical about it. It's nice seeing Lonzo play with a how would you how would you describe Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas needs the ball to be effective. He is a god like saying former like top five MVP candidate sounds weird, but last year he was a top five MVP candidate, and this season it's obvious that he's nowhere close to being an MVP. And sometimes it's hard to see him on the court because of his lack of defense, but. There are so many things Isaiah Thomas, when healthy and in the right system, can provide for an offense, and I just want to see Lonzo kind of realize what IT brings to an offense, and if Lonzo can help IT get out of whatever slump IT's been going through, I mean, you just, that could be your free agency pitch right there. If Lonzo can do this for Isaiah Thomas, imagine what he can do for you, Paul George. Imagine what he can do for you, LeBron James. Imagine what he could do for you, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. If Lonzo can do XYZ and improve Isaiah Thomas, this should be the... We don't even need a fucking pitch. We don't need a billboard like the Philly fans do for LeBron. Just put up the tape of Lonzo helping Isaiah. And like the movie said, if they build it, they will come. Now it's time for some Laker recognition because... Holy hell, it's time for the Laker of the Week, and 
Never in my wildest dreams that I think this player would ever receive it. But you surprised me. You came all the way from Detroit to surprise me. But Contavious Caldwell Pope, you are the Laker of the week. And you were a fucking human torch against the Sacramento Kings. You single-handedly brought us back in that game. You single-handedly got us that W. You made sure we did not lose to the Sacramento Queens, who still hate us for the 2002 Western Conference Finals. You were looking like a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson light out there. You had eight threes. You were just pulling up from wherever. You took a, you took some shots that I was like, what? But it was your heat check, and they were fucking splashing. You combined for 34 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists versus the Kings. And like I said, you are the sole reason why we beat those Kings. You also brought it defensively, and you were just an impressive, impressive player that game. That's why we brought you in for the one-year $18 million contract. There's no way in hell that that's sustainable for you. I understand that, but it kind of gives NBA fans a glimpse to why KCP even got that kind of deal. He does have the talent. He just His shot is very inconsistent at times, except since, since he's been released from that crazy December where he had to spend some time in jail and he couldn't play on the road games, He's actually shot pretty consistent from three. It's just that month stretch was just brutal, and it brought it brought his uh, yearly averages down. But lately, it's on the upward trend. And so, not only did you help us, you basically won us the games against the Kings. You also helped us beat the Mavs, and I'll even extend that to tonight. You helped us beat the Hawks. You were a beast on the boards. You got to you got a double double. It's just, it's insane how much KCP has been contributing to this team this season after that rough December stretch when he airballed that shot on Kobe's jersey retirement night. It's been an up and down season for you, KCP. I'm just glad to see you on this list for being the Laker of the week. And hey, if we strike out on all free agents Ah, no, KCP wants long-term money. I can't, I can't see you back in Lakerland next year, KCP. But all the best of luck to you next year, wherever you find yourself. I'll always remember that night. You became Kentravious Caldwell Pope against the Sacramento Kings. Now for the playoff record watch segment of the Zo Time Show. Like I mentioned earlier, we probably will not make the playoffs, but with. 22 games to go. We are only 7 games back from the 8th seed. I've seen crazier shit happen. I mean, there are... We went on like a insane stretch like mid-January to early February where we were like... We went on a 4-game winning streak. Then we went on a 5-game winning streak. I believe we were like 9-2 and two during that stretch. So the Lakers have um, some recent success to where they can translate to saying, Hey... We can make this push at the end of the season, but I just I don't think it's likely because uh, our schedule gets a little bit tougher than what it has been. And being at twenty six and thirty four, it's just it's hard to climb that steep thing since we are God since we are twenty six and thirty four. So for the record watch segment of this thing is, like I said, we're twenty six and thirty four. We won twenty six games last year. So we already reached 
our win total from last year, 60 games into the season. That's We still have 22 games left on the season. We are going to surpass last year's win total. And last year's team had some talent. It had a Nick Young. It had a Lou Will. It had uh, D'Angelo Russell. And I know people like to hate on Magic and Plinka for getting rid of some of those players, but like I said, we're 26 and 30 fucking 4. We already got to 26 wins. It took us 82 games last year. It only took us 60. So obviously Magic and Plinka have a vision. And if you can't get on board with one of the Lakers, one of the greatest Lakers of all time, having a vision for his team, get off the fucking Laker train. Go find another team. Go support the Nets and be a miserable son of a bitch because these dudes have a vision. They are improving. And I think realistically, we're going to hit 30 wins. It's just 33 to 37. I think that's our estimated range. I want us to obviously win more than 7 out of 22. But like I said, our schedule does get tougher. So if we can get close to... If we can get 37 wins, I will be ecstatic. If we can get to 500, which would be basically... We'd have to go 15 and 7 to reach 500, which, again... We have gone on a stretch that's very similar to that, but it'd be very tough to do so. And, like I said, the more wins we get this season, the more enticing, the more attractive the Lakers become to opposing free agents. We go from being a a 2 at 10 to a 10 at 2. You flip it right there. We go to being that kind of ugly-looking thing in the corner, to now this Kate Upton looking model. So like I said, let's just get as many wins as we can. Let's worsen the pick that the 76ers are probably going to get from us. And let's just, let's ride this thing out. Let's push for the playoffs. It's not going to happen, but let's let's try. Let's go out guns a blazing in this year and just leave it all out on the fucking court. So I'm hoping by the next time I come, up, I come on the Zotime show, the minutes restriction will be gone for Lonzo, and he is back in the starting lineup because I just I believe that's our best way to win going forward. And like you saw tonight against the Atlanta Hawks, Lonzo can impact a game so much. I mean, he even impacted the game without even scoring the first quarter, and I was like, holy shit, like, we missed this guy. Like, he was, I believe we went on a, we were plus, I think, 10 within the first quarter of him being on the court. And he didn't even take a shot. Madly impressive. I love what you bring to the game, Lonzo. This has been your host, Daniel Belts. Make sure you uh, check out the Twitter page, at Zotime Podcast, for all of your daily Laker news. And until next time, go Lakers.